Welcome to Greenfish Blue Oceans, the podcast where stories about seafood are good for you and the oceans. I'm Maureen Barry. This week, I'm tackling letters U, V, and W. The last six letters of the alphabet were really difficult to come up with topics. So to wrap up season one, this week, I'm going to tackle U, V, W. And then in the last episode of season one, I'll tackle X, Y, and Z. And in the tradition of keeping things under 20 minutes here at Greenfish Blue Oceans, I'm going to share the top five things to be aware of for each topic. U is for urchin, V is for volcano, and W is for wild caught. Hey guys, welcome to the U is for urchin part of the program. Okay, so here are five things I think you need to know about urchins. One, there are over 700 species of sea urchins. Some are covered in a hard shell, and some have spikes that are protectors, kind of like a porcupine. There are red, purple, and green sea urchins. Two, sea urchins are not only beautiful, colorful creatures, some are edible. The edible part is kind of freaky, actually. Um, some people say it's the roe or the eggs, but it's actually the gonads. <laughs> That's a freaky word in itself. Um, there are five edible gonads inside each of the thorny, spiky bodies of a sea urchin. There's actually a special tool to crack that open too to get to that delicacy. Number three, the Japanese word for this product is uni. Uni is eaten raw. It can be scrambled in eggs and it's used as a paste. It is typically the sack, the gonad sack does contain the eggs, which is I guess why people call it the roe or the eggs because really like, I'm going to say that G word again, the gonads are like really, um, it's not a cool word. Okay, let's just go there. Most people will agree, uni is a delicacy and not everybody likes it. I remember the first time I tried uni. Ugh. I was sitting in a little sushi bar down on Church Street in downtown Orlando. I'm not even sure that place is there anymore. But I didn't like it. I didn't like the texture. But then the next time I tried it, I loved it. Uni is a brilliant gold or yellow color. Its texture is soft and creamy. It has a briny sort of nutty, sometimes buttery, sometimes bitter, and sometimes sweet flavor. The best time of year to eat uni is late fall, early winter, like right now, because it's mid-December. So you can find uni in high-end sushi bars in the U.S. and abroad. It's a huge business. Okay, here's number four. Because many sea urchins live on the rocky ocean floor and coral reefs, some sea urchin populations are declining because of commercial fishing, dredging, and pollution. 
Some sea urchins that dwell in these rocky coral reefs burrow into the coral um, by digging with their sharp teeth. This is kind of a cool thing. Um, their teeth are so sharp and they reproduce like every couple of months to keep them sharp. Back to the coral reefs. Our reefs are also plagued with problems due to rising water temperatures and acidification. So as a result, sea urchins' conservation status is threatened except for the dreaded purple sea urchin in the Pacific Northwest. And so that leads me to number five. There's a specific hardy type of purple sea urchin that's threatening the kelp forests on the Pacific Northwest coast. In fact, 90% of the kelp forests have disappeared since just under 10 years ago because of these purple urchins. And kelp need cold water. So lots going on up there in the Pacific Northwest. For the last three years, the ocean temperatures in that area have been warming. And so consequently, without kelp, the entire ecosystem is out of balance. But back to those purple urchins, that's not the type of urchin that the fishermen want to harvest for uni. All right, so there's my top five. Now, with that regard to that number five, there's actually hope. So a couple of things going on. The water temperatures just this past year in 2017 have cooled off somewhat, and the sea star populations are recovering, and sea stars are natural predators of the sea urchin. And scientists and fishermen with the Department of Fish and Wildlife are working to remove the purple urchin with an underwater vacuum cleaner. It's kind of cool. I left a uh, video in the show notes for you to check that out. Now, this is a long, labor-intensive process, and there's an entire coastline of a problem. So only time will tell what's going to happen with that. Okay, up next, V is for Volcano. Hey guys, welcome to the These for Volcano part of the program. Um, so what do volcanoes have to do with seafood? Well, not much that I could find in the edible vein, but I did uncover some cool stuff about volcanoes and marine life I wanted to share. So here are my five top takeaways. One, 90% of volcanoes are underwater. So I figure there has to be some connection between volcanoes and fish, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Two, with over 250 volcano eruptions per year, an active volcano can disrupt marine life and seafood. How so? Well, the water becomes more acidic, turbidity and temperatures change, and the supply of food is disruptive. So volcanoes and seafood do have something in common. Now get this. Number three, in 2015, scientists found three marine species living inside an active underwater volcano. The six-gill stingray, the scalloped hammerhead shark, and a silky shark were living inside the volcano. I mean, how incredible is that? This is a pretty hostile environment. It's acidic. It's warm. I mean, what are they hunting for? And why would they be down 150 feet inside that active crater? 
So there's a lot of questions there, which is kind of a cool thing, something to chew on. Number four, south of Japan and east of the Philippines lies the Mariana Islands and the infamous Mariana Trench, the deepest known place on earth. How deep? 36,037 feet. With crushing water temperature, frigid temps, and no light, what could possibly survive? Well, plenty, evidently, by some recent expeditions. There are sea cucumbers, shrimp-like scavengers, and oversized amoebas. But the most prolific of all creature was just discovered this year in 2017. They call it the Mariana snailfish. It's a bizarre fish with no scales. It's smooth, it's pink, it's translucent. It's kind of freaky looking. Great big head and jaws. Now there are plenty of snailfish in deep waters, but this particular snailfish is found at that crushing pressure, suggesting a robust biodiversity exists that was previously unknown. Okay, number five. We're going to north of New Zealand at the Kermatic Ridge. Scientists have found barnacles, mussels, and super giant albino-looking shrimp-like creatures at a recent survey at some underwater volcanoes. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, so can we eat these creatures or maybe use them in medicine? It seems like there has to be some connection other than mere existence. But then again, maybe these bizarre, otherworldly creatures are here just to simply amaze us. So lots to think about there. Okay, so stick around for W is for Wild Caught, my favorite part of the program. Welcome back to the W is for wild caught part of the program. Now, if you know me, then you know I love wild caught fish. After spending 10 years living in the Florida Keys and fishing my tail off, I have a special fondness for wild caught seafood. And knowing what I know now about sustainability, I especially love wild caught seafood that's harvested using methods that don't harm the environment, our health, and support local economies, wherever you are in the world. So here are my top five wild-caught fish that I eat all the time. Number one, wild Alaska sockeye salmon. Number two, wild American shrimp. Number three, wild Maine dayboat sea scallops. Number four, wild Alaskan red king crab. Mm -mm. And number five, wild gulf red snapper. Oh, I'm going to go cook some seafood. <laughs> okay, so that's a wrap for this episode. You can find shopping resources for all the wild caught species I mentioned in the sh down in the show notes under W is for wild caught. If you do support these fishermen, and I hope you do, please tell them I sent you. I'm not getting paid to promote them, and this is not an affiliate link if you click on it. Um, this is just my way to help you 
get to know your fishermen. Okay, so thanks so much for listening. If you have a minute, would you mind to rate my show on iTunes? I would really appreciate that. I could use some help. Next up, I'm tackling X, Y, and Z in one episode just like this to finish season one of Greenfish Blue Oceans. This has been a terrific year. So next year for season two, which kicks off January 27th, 2018, please join me with my co-host, Heather Tomasetti, a marine biologist and scientist, total fish nerd, just like me. The topics are going to be similar. The format will be a little bit different. It's going to be a casual, chatty conversation about all things seafood that are good for you in the oceans. We hope you connect and join the conversation. Thanks again. I'm Maureen Berry, and this is Greenfish Blue Oceans.